Good morning. My name is Chuck Stecker. Uh, I have the privilege of being in my home church, and uh, my beautiful bride is in Kentucky. She's not with us today, and uh, she's there with her sister providing a little help there. I love being in my home church, Pastor. I thanked him earlier for trusting me, and uh, somebody said, guys, it's got to be exciting to speak in your home church. And I said, you know, it really is. There's two things about it. One, being trusted by my pastor. But the second thing is, is if you're, uh, you're new to us here at Passionate Life Church or you're watching online and you haven't caught, for example, the last series on the refuge, you know how much work, how much study, how much preparation, how much spiritual energy our pastor puts into every message for us. Uh, it's not for him. Okay? I mean... Uh, but uh, the second thing, one is to be trusted. The second thing is, for better or for worse, when you see me up here, you know my pastor's getting a break that he certainly deserves, and there's a, there's a pause in there. So I'm grateful for this, and I'm grateful that my pastor leads the way in saying, look, every leader has to have a time of Sabbath, a time to pause and allow God to refresh. So I'm blessed by that. The message that's on my heart today is, uh, very simple is, you know, it's seen with the eyes of your heart. It's something that I pray for almost on a regular basis. Um, for me personally, when I came in and two of our amazing servers were out there with Pastor Ben early this morning, and I said, you know, if it's not working in me, it's not going to work for you. That's for, that's for sure. Uh, it goes from being a message from God to being just a good speech, and sometimes it's not even a good speech. So the idea is, is this is something that I prayed for, and I told Pastor when we talked that I've never spoke on this before. It's been something very personal with me, but I just really felt God was leading in this season that, uh, that we are to see with the eyes of our heart. I went back and I looked at several of the messages during the refuge, and if you haven't seen those, that was a 10-part message. I think he got a break in the middle with, with Tyler speaking and, and uh, gave us a, an, an amazing word from God. But if you haven't seen those, I want to encourage you that that idea of the refuge, our church, our hearts, our lives, actually being a refuge and walking through that process with us. And I can kind of give you some stuff up front on this. First, there's a slide. It'll just tell you somebody wants to, uh, if you think it's okay, you know, what we're doing here, you know, go ahead and tell the pastor and encourage him. If it's not good, drop a note to me. He doesn't need to hear that, no, that stuff, okay? And that's how you can reach us there. But I, I, part of the problem with turning in slides for me is I never know what God's going to do with me in the waning moments before I get to speak. And even this morning, and I'm kind of going to jump to the conclusion of this very quickly for you, and uh, there's no slide on this. So I told uh, one of my board members in Arizona that's watching, Ray, and I said, the problem is, as I said that, and I said, so I'm just going to jump to the end of this thing and tell you what the message is, and then I'll see the doors open if you leave. But a great friend and mentor of mine, Pastor Richard Exley, sends a devotion out every morning. I was praying this morning. It was about 5.30, quarter till 6, and I opened up and just preparing my heart, and then I, I got this devotion from him. It says, when accident or disease strikes or death threatens, Family members long for a word from God. By the way, I would say, whether they realize it or not, they're longing for a word from God, something that they need, a healing word, a word of hope, or better yet, they want to experience the comfort of His presence. And as inconceivable as it may seem, that is what we do. 
Every one of us who call ourselves family, friends, Christians, we embody the presence of the Lord, becoming his hand extended. We listen with love, absorb the hurt and fear without rebuke. And when the time is right, I believe God wants us to speak words of hope and of comfort. In this season that we're in, I know it's Christmas and everybody's supposed to be excited and, and how wonderful it is. I just want to tell you where I've landed on this, and that is, I think our nation, I think our communities, where we live, work, and play, there's just a lot of stress, frustration, and anger out there. Every server that I talk to, whether it's in a restaurant, everyone dealing with people on a one-to-one -one basis, whether it's a cashier. I remember several weeks ago, Billy and I getting something to eat, and we thanked the person. We said, please, and we said, thank you, and this isn't about us, because I'm looking out, I can actually see a bunch of you now, my eyes have adjusted, so you're in real trouble. But the idea was, she said, eight hours I've been on shift, and it's the first time I've heard the words please or thank you. And I think in these days that we're in, more now than ever before, I have this, this compelling need to see others with the eyes of my heart. I didn't know the songs that were going to be sung to prepare us for this, this time of worship. But the words that just kept coming back to me over and over again was when our worship team led us and says, let me tell you about my Jesus. And I want to encourage you, the manner in which we live our lives, the manner in which we exchange conversations or a word of comfort will tell more about our Jesus than anything you want to preach to them or any scripture you want to give them. That's what's going to make a difference, and we're living in a hurting world. And we've got to get this right. We've got to get this right. I want to share with you the big idea. I actually have notes, which is unusual for me because, you know, you just kind of hear. But the big idea is very simple. Two parts to this. One is, it's God's desire, the desire of God's heart for each of us to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge of who He is and who He created us to be. He wants each of us to let the Holy Spirit open the eyes of our hearts and see what He sees when we look at a hurting world. You know, when I... I listen to that and I think about it for myself. It's very simple. You know, when you come to church, what do you see? You see a young unmarried woman with a baby or a young child here at PLC? What's your first thought? Or let me ask you this. You see that mother with a child and you know she's a single mother for whatever reason outside the church do you see something different when you see the man who's unshaven and not dressed as we are for church boy we look good though don't we might as well just say it and get it over with but he comes here for the first time and maybe he's the single dad that's here not because he really wanted to be here oh no he came here because he knew his kids that he has responsibility for needed to come to church. 
And he wasn't too keen on the idea, but he knew he, they needed it. How about when you look at a person who has a past that you're aware of? What do your eyes see? You know, in that same song that said, let me tell you about my Jesus. It says, he can do for you what he's done for me. Several years ago, when God brought my wife and I to Passionate Life Church, there were a number of things. One was, it was close. And we wanted a church that represented the community that we lived in. You're my peeps. You know that? You're the folks in my neighborhood and my community, and I wanted to be in church with you. But here was the other thing. Pastor Dawn may not remember this, but, well, she remembers everything, but she's a mother, so she has to, right, Pastor Dawn? But the reality, we talked on the phone shortly after we'd been here, and I said, so what's the greatest need at PLC? And she said, Chuck, the cry of our heart is to be a safe place for the unchurched, marginally churched, and hurt in church in our community. And we need people who will disciple and walk with them. And that was one of the things that grabbed my heart was because I was the hurt in church, marginally churched, and until I got there unchurched, like so many of us, weren't we? And when I thought about that in the devotion that I read, it was the idea that we are supposed to be the embodiment of Christ to a hurting world. And when I look at that, I know I can't do that unless I see with the eyes of my heart. Let's go to the Scripture. In Ephesians, Scripture for us today comes out of Ephesians 1, 15 through 18. It says this, For this reason, I love this, it's the church of Ephesus. It's a, it's a circular letter that Paul actually wrote that was meant to be distributed to the churches in the area. So it wasn't just about them, but he was writing specifically to them and said, for this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Having your eyes of your hearts enlightened, that means open, that means they come open to see the light. And he is the God of light. It says, having your hearts enlightened, opened up to see as God sees, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you and what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Let's continue. He says, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us? Got it? Who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him head over all things to the church, which is his body and the fullness of him who fills it all. God tells us an awful lot there in those scriptures. The very first thing is, for me, is he starts off, I've told you before, I don't really need these. I use them to look more distinguished. I don't know how that's working for you. It's not helping me, but that's okay. That the eyes of our heart is to be open for three things, he says here, basically. Let's go to that next slide. He says, the hope 
Okay? Boy, did I just skip that? How about that? I don't think so. Okay? But he says this, the hope, the riches, and the power of his greatness in us. And you know, when you look at those things, the real question is, is not what we are telling others about. It's what first is in our lives. That hope that we have because of Christ, what Christ has done for us. The riches that he has promised us, and he is a God of promises. And we can trust his promises. But here's the issue, too is the greatness that is in us. The power of His greatness in us. And you know, I, I pray before I speak and I ask God to take away anything that's not of Him. And uh, that can be sin, that can be others. I go through a process where I ask God to cleanse my mind, anything I've looked at, anything I've heard, anything I've said or taken in, anything in my heart, how I've touched or been touched, everything in me, not because I want the words to be mine, but because of His greatness that possibly could flow through me, not because of me, but in spite of me. And God's got that greatness in every one of you sitting here today. If you're online with us and watching this, can I tell you you're just as much a part of this church family as everyone sitting here? And I just want to pause and say as we go through this, look, the times that we are in, I believe there is a great suppression taking place where there, I know it's spiritual, but I know the attack. I got a pastor that emailed me and said, Chuck, please pray for our church. This whole new mask mandate has just hit us hard. Now, I don't care how you feel about that. Yes, no, or in between. That's your personal decision. And it doesn't matter how you feel. You're welcome here at this church. But the, come on, that's God, that's not me, but that's our leadership. But here's the deal. When we see with the eyes of our hearts, there are some things that actually happen. One is, we begin to see ourselves as sons and daughters of the king. Now let me tell you how important this is, because Satan wants to drive that away from us. One of the things that hit me, and it was about three weeks ago in the refuge, a pastor was talking to us about being a refuge of strength, that characteristic. But he says one of the issues is if we do not have that strength that God gives us, what happens is we see ourselves in the eyes of the enemy, what the enemy sees in us. And the reality of it is when we see ourselves with God's eyes, then we see who we truly are and who we were created to be. And I know there are some that struggle with that, and you look at your brokenness. I know this is crazy. It was in May, Pastor Dawn. But Pastor Dawn told us, God can do more with our brokenness than the world can do with our strength. God can do more with our brokenness than the world can do with our strength. Does that mean we're not supposed to operate in our gifts and so forth? Absolutely not. But it is out of that brokenness we see the power that God has placed inside of us for those strengths and gifts to explode in us. We've got to see ourselves as sons and daughters of the King. The second thing is, is that 
And this came last week after I turned in the slides, or right as I was turning them in, but a, a minister and a good friend in Costa Rica ministering there, and his wife is ministering. And I was talking about this idea of having our eyes opened. And he moved to Costa Rica because he was doing so much ministry there, really, and his wife had such a passion for bringing young girls out of this sex trafficking trade that's so prevalent in our Central and South America and, and around the world. But he says, when you see with the eyes of your heart, when, you, when our eyes are opened, we begin to see beauty in the mundane. The things that the world just says is normal or lacks beauty, because we know the God that created it, we will see beauty in things the world calls mundane. When we have the eyes of our hearts open, we will see hope where others see hopelessness. And this really hit me this week as I was processing. And several encounters that I've had this week. And realizing that, and for all of us to know, we're not the hope. There is one hope in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. But we're not the hope, but we're the messengers of that hope. And in so many encounters I've had with people just this week and maybe the week before, whether it was a server, whether it was someone at a store, conversations I've had on the phone and people that have emailed. Our lives should reflect the hope that we have in Christ that may possibly give them the hope that they need just to get by another day. And I know this sounds crazy, but in these days, I've got people in my life, I don't even know if they're going to make it to Christmas. And if they make it to Christmas, some conversations that there's a very good chance shortly thereafter they're going to meet our Savior, Jesus Christ. And there's a hope even in that that has to come through and shine through us. When the eyes of our hearts are opened, we can see hope for the hopeless. When the eyes of our hearts are opened, we can also see power for the powerless. You know, and So much of conversations that I have with people who are feeling so beaten down by the world is they feel they have no power to change that. You know, one of the first things I tell them is they don't. <laughs> Congratulations for a reality check. They don't have the power to change it. But I know the one that does. The power to change it doesn't come through my personal strength or the strength that I believe wrongly at times that I can give them. Oh, gosh, no. There is a power that comes when our eyes are open that encourages others to see what the true power is for change in their life. Can I share some stories with them? Absolutely. Can I share stories about my own life? Absolutely. But through opening of our eyes, God will help us to see 
the power that is there for the powerless. And I go back to that devotion I got this morning, that comforting word, that holding a hand, that being present in the moment. And I, I just go back to when I was given the privilege to speak back in September. Man, sometimes when the cloud moves and things are changing and it's so difficult for people to grab onto, then I go back to another thought God put, sometimes we just got to show up. Sometimes it's a kind word. Sometimes it's a knock at the door. Sometimes it's the sitting quietly, but just being present in the moment to allow God to do the work that we can't do, but he wants us there to do it. When we see with the eyes of our hearts, I believe we see the extraordinary in the ordinary. And you know what's interesting to me is I don't know that there's anything ordinary for God. When we look at something and we see it as being ordinary, I, I don't believe God sees it as ordinary. Have you ever used the term, oh, that's just an ordinary person? You know, they hear it's just a, I don't think there's any person that is ordinary to God. I don't think there's anything in his creation that is ordinary to God. I think we allow it to become ordinary. And when we see it with the eyes of our hearts, I think what happens is we see the extraordinary where once we saw the ordinary and we begin to see others and the beauty and the majesty of his creation the way God saw it when he created it. The next thing is seeing with the eyes of our heart is I think we see victory where others seem defeat. I think we can go ahead and change that. Let's go to our next one. Wow, I left a slide out, didn't I? You'll just have to take my word for it. I think we begin when we see with the eyes of our hearts. I think we begin to see the victory that God has declared in the heavens and he has promised us where others in the world see defeat. I want to come back and tell you there's a world that's hurting and they live in our neighborhoods. Some are here today and God brought you here for a reason to PLC. There are some that have been coming to PLC and frankly you're still wrestling with some of these things and it's okay because I want to tell you you're in a safe place to wrestle with anything God is doing with you with no condemnation, no shame and no one looking down at you. You're in a safe place to wrestle with anything that's going on in your life. But let me tell you one other thing, and this was again after the slides and that. And it was in a note that a guy sent me. 
unbeknownst to what I was speaking on, I think. But he says, until you can see with the eyes of your heart, you can't have true faith. Because what we call faith, when we look through our natural eyes at the world around us, isn't what God has called us to. I believe true faith is going to begin with asking God to open the eyes of our hearts. Asking God to help us see what He is doing and what He has done. And it's got to start with us. It's got to start with us. What are the steps on this? There's one. You know how you put a number up and generally there's more than that. Step one is simply this. I think we've got to ask God to start with us. I think we, before we can be anything to our community, our neighbor, those that are hurting and those that are struggling, those that have frustration and those many times that are very angry, I think we have to ask God, will you start with us? Will you start with us? Will you open the eyes of my heart? You know, we, many of us have heard the song that was written by Paul Beloch back in the 1990s, I think early 90s, back in the heyday of integrity music out of, you know, before there was really Hillsong and Bethel and all of those, there was integrity music. And Paul Beloch wrote the song, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. And you know, when I think of this first step, this idea of open the eyes of my heart, it's not first to see the world. When God opens the eyes of our heart, we get to see our Creator, the supreme God of the universe, the one who sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die a brutal death on a cross for us. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. You know what the interesting thing is? That wasn't the first song written about opening the eyes of my heart. You know, the very first song and recorded when you look at the history of some things it was actually a poem that was written back in the 5th century. And the poem sat there and sat there. And in the 1800s, a lady out of Chicago took that poem and she put words to it to open the eyes of my heart. Hardly anybody has heard of or sang that song. It's in a hymnal, an old ancient one, if you go back 100 plus years. But this idea that God has been putting on our hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit didn't just start when Paul Beloch wrote this song and people went, aha, boy, that sounds good. It was something God has put in us from the very beginning. That God wants us to open the eyes. He wants to open the eyes of our hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit that first we will see Him because very often seeing Him opens the door to the step, to the next step for our community, for our neighbors, and for those that are hurting. This is going to come as a surprise to my pastor. I um, have a board member that says it's not a sin to finish early. Um, and somebody, my pastor, he, he, he had that look in your eye. He says, okay, Chuck, let's go over the time again. Go over the time. 
And just for fun, when he told me the times, I asked him what time zone, because I know we've got people from the eastern time zone to Arizona and that watching. But as I, in the time of worship there, and I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask our worship team just to come on back up as they're making their way here. Would you do that, please? Here's what I believe about today. We have just come through what I would call a very incredible series on the refuge and understanding the refuge. God tells us in Psalm 91 that it's God is our refuge and our fortress. Our refuge is the place that we come back to. It's the place of safety, but it's also the place that we then come back into training and that what God does to us because he says it's our fortress. So one of that, that 91 says, we're coming into here, into church today is our refuge, but God meant for us to be the platform to go forth from here and that's where our real ministry begins. I'm a real fan of a couple of shows. One of them is Blue Bloods, and it goes back about three or four years, and I wrote this down. Frank, the dad, says this to his son. Your mother and I believe that life should be a series of daring adventures launched from a secure base. I read that again this morning because here's what I believe. There is no more daring adventure than serving Jesus Christ with everything he has put inside of us for all that he has called us to do. But the first part of that statement says, life should be a series of daring adventures, but get this, launch from a secure base. I wanna brag about my Jesus. If you've been with us here at PLC for a while and you call this your church home, if you're here for the first time because it's Thanksgiving weekend and family here and you came to visit, if you're watching us online, I want to tell you as one of you, not one of the pastors in the church, not one of the leaders here, I told you I'm, I'm with you. Most Sundays in town, I'm sitting there with my bride. But one of the things that I believe God has called my wife and I to PLC for is because I have felt from the very beginning that God created this church to give us a secure base from which we are to launch during adventures in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and everything you need is here to help you with that I um, want to give us a little more time for response and I'm going to walk you through that but I want to start with this. <clears throat> if sitting here today, you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if he were to walk in here today and you weren't sure if you could look at him and say, I know you, and that he would look at you and call you by name, call you by name and say, I know you too. If you don't have that security in knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask God that if that's you, this would be your day. And I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand right where you're sitting and make the most important decision of your life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you.
But Father, I believe, and I think you put it on our hearts, that the first step in having our eyes opened of our hearts is to see you, but to see you for who you really are, the supreme God of the universe, but our creator and our Father in heaven that desires an eternal relationship with each one of us that can only come through knowing Jesus Christ and acknowledging that as our Lord and Savior. If you're here today and you have not made that decision for Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, I'm just going to ask you, no embarrassing things, it's just you and God, I'm just going to ask you though to raise your hand. Would you do that please? If today is your day to acknowledge, thank you. Keep your hand up for just a minute. Thank you. Go ahead and put your hands down. I'm going to ask all of you to join in the prayer with us as we pray with those who are making the most important decision of their lives. And if you would repeat this after me, dear Heavenly Father, I acknowledge that I have sinned and fallen short. And the only way to you is through your Son, Jesus Christ. I declare this day that I surrender myself to Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and I will follow him all the days of my life. In Jesus name, Amen. Let's give them a hand if you would please.